hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 25, Episode 7 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Tappy. And I'm Tomes. And uh, welcome. Welcome, Tomes. I'm yeah. thinking you've not been on the, the Friday show before. I have, have never been on the Which Friday show. Which I can't show. believe. We were like, what? This is a very big fucking deal for me. Awesome. It's a big deal for us, too. And just in case for those tuning in who do not know you, who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Mm -hmm. So I guess if anybody's been listening in recent years, I'm the guy who runs Games on Demand at StrategicCon, I guess, or, uh, you know, occasionally people will curse me for playing some indie hippie games. (laughs) Right. Um, But it all started like nine, eight, nine years ago when I started listening to you guys, and I just moved back into the country. Uh A bunch of friends were asking to... uh, get into D&D because they've never played you know like my ex-girlfriend and my current wife and like a bunch of other friends <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like I can run D&D for you and I hadn't done RPGs for like 10-15 years just like you right. know you guys had taken that break right. and so when I was looking at podcasts like this one came along and I'm like oh these guys are like me <laughs> before you knew it it took about a year to get that game going mm-hmm. and by the time I was running D&D for them mm-hmm. it was Savage Worlds Excellent. And they, oh, yeah. I don't think they knew they still don't know to this day they're like oh yeah the D&D game yeah. but you know there were, may have been dragons and dungeons there, there were dragons and dungeons yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's all they wanted actually that's what it's called it's dragons and dungeons yeah but because of you guys, I found Strategic Con. Like I didn't. Oh no! Kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't no, know that was the only reason I went. It's because you guys mm. kept talking about the con. So mm-hmm. me and my friend Howie would go, and we went and checked out like you know the podcast. And the first game I think I played at the con before we changed hotels was a Cthulhu game that you were running. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that's where I met like Gina and Mouser, mm-hmm. and some of them were in that game. Right. And I just remember me and Gina were like both the bad guys, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking with everybody. Right. And it nice. was just fabulous. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so we're actually like the origin story of the hippie gaming that we teach you about all the time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Hoisted by our own guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am actually very proud of that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that story. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know why I didn't know that. Yeah. I just imagined you as always having been like the oh, no, no, no. like the dealer of all the indie games. Like, no, not at do all. you want to buy a sundial? I, I mean, but, you like, guys different. were a big inspiration in me getting into like the non D and D stuff because I didn't really know what was there. And so right. you started talking about Savage Worlds, and I missed the whole vampire thing because I didn't play in the nineties. <laughs> you know, right? So it was like as you guys started kind of looking around. That's that's how I started. Looking oh, that's around. awesome! Yeah. Oh, but by the way, uh, Rylots. Says this is this is this will be my first Happy Jacks live or otherwise. Well, welcome! welcome. Exciting. That's Brian Lutz. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Uh, so anyway, in this episode of Happy Jacks RPG podcast, Rav writes in about getting into characters heads mm-hmm. into a character's headspace. Alervant sends us an update about his sex- the sexual harassment of his PC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that email. It was yeah, fairly yeah. horrific. Yeah. yeah. It gets worse. Oh no! An uncommon man asked because he talked to the GM. He wanted to have an adult conversation, mm. and you know how I sometimes warn about adult conversations. <laughs> oh, you kind of have to have. Adults to have them. <laughs> uh, that's just a little, uh, a little foreshadowing. Uh, uncommon man asks about RPG small talk. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We also are on many social medias. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and MeWe, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. That's Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And we have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. Mm-hmm. That's happyjacksforum.com. Anything new? 
Uh, we do have the we uh, had our tenth anniversary giveaway. Oh, that's right. Where we're giving away our really cool um, stage dice trays from Easy Roller Dice. Mm-hmm. So we had three winners for that because we have three different ones. We've got the Wolf design, the Cthulhu design, and the Spellbook design, mm-hmm. um, all of which I adore. Um, and our winners for that because you could enter every day, like online. It was like a month long thing. Um, we have Heath, whose last name I will not announce. Um, Verk. And Inhuman were our winners for that. Oh. So the it goes to the con, too. Yeah, he oh, yeah. does. Yeah, does. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so we have uh, some some local people. We have someone in a faraway country that I have to figure out how to get them stuff to. It'll be amazing. But congratulations. Um, I also sent you emails. So if you haven't checked the email that you entered with, check the email that you entered with. Um, and we'll be sending those out to you very soon. And congratulations. Yes. And thank you to Easy Roller Dice for sending us those those yeah. trays. They're yeah. awesome. They're very cool. I love mine. I use it all the time. Me it's too. My fa- it's my favorite. It's a dice tray and a dice bag. Yeah. It's its own container for everything. It's That's awesome. Uh, right. Uh, and also, if you'd like to watch the show live, go to happyjacks.org slash live. That's happyjacks.org slash live, and you can do that. Mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Pacific time on Fridays. Yeah. Hey, guys. This is getting into characters' headspace from Rab. Do you want to read it since she was first time? Yeah. Oh, sure. oh my first Rab's email. Rab's in the chat room. They're very excited. Ooh, this is exciting. Uh-huh. Hey, guys. It's been a while. Rav on the forums. I'm stuck on a character, and I need help. I'm playing a wizard with a tragic backstory for a game set in Ravenloft. Before the game, I had established in his background that he had to disguise himself as a ghoul to survive in a necromancer's catacomb filled with his pet ghouls, fully disfigured himself, and developed a taste for human flesh. Wow. After his escape, he wore a leather bodysuit under his wizard robes to hide and protect his disfigurements, and found himself in the mists of Ravenloft. (laughs) He was eventually completely healed, but the craving for long pig still remained. (laughs) Here's the problem. I have no idea how to play this off convincingly. As a wizard, he's Hannibal Lecter levels of intelligence, but his desire for flesh is more primal than sophisticated. I just don't understand his motivation, even though I wrote it. The headspace is too foreign to me. Any ideas? What can I do to help me understand my character? I have about 200 hours of backlog to finish, and I just finished listening to Mode of Sin. That ending was epic. Thank you. I'm sad to have no more Mode to listen to, but look forward to starting the Inukai Dissension game soon. Good luck with that. (laughs) Inukai Dissection. Dissection. (laughs) Oh, no. That's a very different game. (laughs) That's the L5R vampire uh, (laughs) (laughs) mashup. Love you guys. Can't wait to catch up. Rav, P.S. It is not... Oh, it's not one of those games where everybody is evil to be evil. Those rarely work in my experience. Yeah. His predilections haven't come, really come up in game. It's really there to pepper his personality and make him more of a tragic character. Mm-hmm. Perfect for the DM to mess with in the setting. PPS, the DM callback callback. <laughs> and PPPS, have a drink f- for me. Can't do it anymore. I will do exactly that. Yeah. This is my first PS drink ever on the show. Oh, I will do a PS so drink. Good. Excellent. Yes. Uh, I am going to warn you before we actually get into the thing of your email. Um, hang in there through Inukai dissen- Dissension. And I'm saying it wrong, thanks. <laughs> dissension. Uh, dissension. Mm-hmm. Um, great, cool story. Like the mechanics we were doing, the, the FFG beta, it was a little. It was a it little was a, rough. It was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. <laughs> and we, we had, like, four different, like, printed splat books that, like, because it was still the beta phase, they hadn't come out with the books at all. Um, but then we continue that same story in the Inukai Kitsugi Chronicles, which comes after that. So it's worth hanging in there for, I think it's, like, five. I don't five think it's seconds. that many. I think it's, like, two or three. 
knows? I think it, I think, was you're, it, I think you're blocking it out. Um, was it really? But that anyway, many? hang in there. The story's worth it, and then we continue it. We jump back to the fifth edition. And fortunately, the rules have come out for that. Hmm. And it's a hot mess. It's, it's still a hot mess. <laughs> like, mm. There's a reason that we stuck with doing it in the 5th edition of Fimar. And, and yeah, Fantasy Flight really, really likes their uh, special dice and complicated uh, mechanics. Yes, overly like complicated yeah. mechanics. I like the special dice for L5R, but a lot of the stuff is not great. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, and by the way, Moat may be coming back. Oh, God. At least a version of Moat, because I just got Vampire 5, and mm. I'm reading it with an eye on revisiting... The horrible island. <laughs> I was going to say this is like Sue's like fifth thing, not fifth, like third, third campaign idea that he's given to me in the last two weeks. Well, so yes, it's variable. But there's a big distinction between oh. this one and the other two. Wait, I can do that, I can which do I won't say on the air. My campaign ideas because I have like at least yeah. four or five. It's fine. Sweet. Like you're going to run a game. Great. Pick one. Pick one. Well, I'm I'm thinking traveler. Traveler could end within four or five sessions, mm. or it could go on for another eight or ten. Yeah, yeah. It kind of we have to decide at yeah, a yeah, certain yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. so just pick one and go with it. Stick. With it. Remember the, the last week's email about being in a campaign and sticking with regming that campaign. I am. Okay. <laughs> I just. I, it's just at this point, I can see a possible ending in sight for the traveler. Okay. Mm. So, so, go ahead. I have a question for Rav, okay. um, and that is. From this, I can't really tell. Does he enjoy eating human flesh or not? Mm. Because that's a real big distinction. Sure. Because um, well. if you, because mm, if you don't mm-hmm. enjoy it, then you're very much a tragic character to yourself. What if it's more of like an addiction? This is a what if it's something that when you're doing it, you're enjoying it, but then you don't enjoy it when you're done? Yeah, clearly, like but it sounds like he enjoys to, it. Period. <laughs> it's whether or not intellectually he, yeah. Because he mentions Hannibal Lecter, and Hannibal Lecter enjoys what enjoys it. Period. Yes, absolutely. Um, but see, is that confusing? But when he, he says, says Hannibal Lecter levels of intelligence, so he's yeah. kind of like playing with that. But it's like there. that that desire for flesh. Like there are ways. That, like it can be an addiction mm-hmm. sort of thing where you enjoy it when you're doing it, and then when you're not, you realize it fucks your life. Right. Um, there's the I don't. Well, even the I don't enjoy doing it is still kind of an addiction thing because you have to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or do you like it? Yeah. Rav is in the chat room. He says he does, but he hates himself for it. Okay, so that's the thing. It's so it's, it's more like an addiction, not yeah. necessarily an addiction, well, but it's I'm, think of it like being a vampire. Just you eat all of the flesh. Right. That would be my like if you've ever played a vampire character. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just have to get your blood in flesh. Right. Interesting. I think. I think it's interesting because he says. This is one of those games where everybody... It is not one of those games where everybody's evil to be evil, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like something that's specific to his character, right. right? And to me, I found in a lot of these games where, you know, if I can't necessarily um, empathize with the character, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're doing something that I don't necessarily enjoy or whatever. Um, like, it's not so much about trying to figure out how to show that necessarily. Sometimes it can be really fun to just play with the things that are in between the lines, right? So it's not that you're there to try to show all the other characters or players that, you know, this this person is kind of depraved in their addiction or whatever, mm-hmm. but maybe just like those hints are enough to kind of give people those 
those little bits of like, ooh, that's weird or creepy or kind of like an unknown thing. Like imagine if, you know, you're sitting there at the tavern with a bunch of people mm -hmm. and, you know, people are asking you questions in character and you just decide to say, you know, I didn't hear a thing you said. You just see me like eyeing this large chunky guy as he's like walking across the tavern and there's a little bit of like saliva on the corner of my mouth like you're not yeah. going in and doing the eating and like playing that game because maybe you don't enjoy that as a player right but you're just kind of like playing with you know some of those little tropes that that gets everyone kind of questioning you don't even have to do that much when we're mm -hmm. talking about motivations you can have a motivation of my dad beat me when i was a child mm -hmm. and never once tell people your dad beat you as a child mm -hmm. sure but, you know so like you don't even have to do the like you know, I, I show people it can be even like you have a lot of compassion for people who are forced to do things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and never show them or maybe somebody catches you, but you don't have to do anything overt. It's like, uh, like coming to it from a place of compassion, mm -hmm. I think, is a very kind of tragic thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah. that's, and, and what you do <clears throat> for other people is... is uh, colored by how you feel about yourself mm. and the things that you've done, but you, you don't have to go eat people or tell people I eat people or anything mm -hmm. like that. Right. Yeah. Now, now, as far as like getting into the headspace, is it? Are we sort of at a consensus that maybe the best way for him to do that is to look at it more as an addiction? Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good way to go about understanding it because that's what he's asking. He's like, right. "How do you help me understand my character?" Like, I think that's something that's pretty relatable. Like, most of us, like, have at least some sort of reference point coffee. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, or, or, or a show that we've watched or something like right. that. Video games. Yeah. Oh, right. sure, yeah. Well, because yeah. it's that feedback loop of this feels good. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right? And so when you're feeling crappy or maybe you have mm -hmm. some kind of withdrawals or things like that, it's like... You mm -hmm. do the thing that gives you the endorphin hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you feel better about yourself until the endorphin goes away, and then you realize, oh my god, I, I did it again. again mm -hmm. yeah. Right. I think that is the. I think that that's the best way to. Yeah. yeah. I would say that one important thing to keep in mind is it's never too late to kind of backpedal. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, a lot of times, you know, we've talked in this show and various of your APs about you know safety tools and things like that, and one of the things that they kind of teach us is just because you started down a path doesn't mean you have to stay down that path. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you want to kind of go back and change the fiction a little bit, sure, you know, we're going to kind of, you know, play that game of, you know, it, it won't be as consistent for the story or whatever. But if you personally as a player are not enjoying playing this character, that's not fun. So, right. you know, do what you need to do. And th I mean, it's also, it could be... You know, in his backstory, he was stuck with this necromancer, so he was acting like a ghoul, and he was eating human flesh. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's gotten to the point, now, now he's out of it, he's like, okay, that's over, I'd never have to do that again. But somewhere in the back of his head, he's like... I did that. I did that, or or, or I want to do it again, but he hasn't. Right. So maybe he's not going around eating people. Right. right. But he, in the back of his mind, he has that sort of... He sort of started to develop a compulsion mm -hmm. or an obsession with it. That could be an um, interesting story yeah. too. I once met a guy who was a he was a salesman, and he got made like a forty thousand dollar bonus or something. I forget what what he was selling, but he made a fuck ton of money. And then two weeks later, he woke up like in a crack house, basically, and he had gone on like this insane bender. All the money was or all the yeah, all the money was the gone. bonus. Um, and he didn't even like really remember it except oh for the God. withdrawals. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. 
God. And so, like, that's a great way, I think, to play this situation. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. like, maybe have vague memories of that and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But all you know now is more I eat raw human flesh, it feels real good. <laughs> and that's a problem. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I, and I, like, Tomer was saying, like, it's. It's interesting. Like, I don't think it necessarily has to be negative to the story in any way. Like, you can make a very interesting redemption arc. So it doesn't have to detract from all. Maybe, like, he goes and finds religion, which, you know. It was on a 12 step program. Yeah, something like that. Like, finally. Becomes a vegetarian. Yeah, like, all these different things that are. And I mean, that's an extreme example, but it's also not completely unrealistic to what some addicts end up having to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Especially if the game has, like, some games, even D&D, like, you will have those those like middle sessions where it's like oh we go to the town mm-hmm. and let's pick up a couple weeks later or months later yeah. or whatever you can always throw in some cool story arcs like that right yeah it'd be so cool to be a cleric and then like somebody gets injured and you want to heal them but mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't because I can't get that close yeah but that's what I do oh the smell <laughs> the smell like, mm-hmm. it could be really interesting like there's a lot oh, I of got, I got blood all over my so I don't know. I think there's I, barbecue sauce. Like there are ways, to, definitely ways. Like you know, we were saying to pull back from it or switch it up or continue with that story, but like take like swerve to another like like kind of thing, like finding yeah. redemption or whatever like that. That 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 if you're if you're having trouble connecting with you where the character is now, that might make it a little bit easier to relate to. Right, and honestly, I've played a ton of games where you start out with something you think being very important to your character, and as the game goes on, you find these other things that you kind of gravitate toward, and you just kind of forget and push away those traits that aren't that interesting to play into. I mean, you can do that too. There's sure. nothing wrong with Absolutely, just like yeah. moving on. People change, like motivations change as more newer yeah. things come in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that addiction gets replaced with another one. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe somebody lit your house on fire. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you replace eating people with murder hoboism. Yeah. <laughs> the natural state of PCs. Right. All right. Thank oh. you very much there for the email. Rav. Rav. And thanks for rocking on the forums. I want to read Aller Vance. Yes. Okay. Rav reviews. The, the schadenfreude here is exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to... Revel in your because this is not a happy story, <laughs> but my God, uh, sexual harassment of a PC. An update from Allervant. Greetings, West Coast Jackers. I wanted to give you an update on what happened since you read my last email, season twenty-five, episode one. To recap, the main GM in my group of over fifteen years reacted very defensively when I asked that he not sexually harass my character. He's playing a, a, a woman character. Yes. Um, he justified it by saying it happened in real life and his wife is okay with it when he did it to her. Uh, the other players told me they knew the GM liked to push buttons, but was entertaining otherwise. I posted the Steam chat transcript on the forums and will just include the last one. Please put down anything in your hands and remove your glasses if you're wearing them so you don't hurt yourself when you facepalm. And you will facepalm probably more than once. <laughs> it was bad. I read the one on the forum. Oh, not, yeah. Because yeah. this year's the wildest ride in a wilderness. Oh, man. The idea... Now, now if I... If I the, the, the rest of this is 
the response from the GM, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. The idea of role-playing is playing someone or something that you're not. It's about stretching beyond your normal boundaries and encountering things that you would normally not encounter. If all you wanted to encounter were things that you've encountered hundreds of times before, then that's not really stretching your role-playing, and you might as well just uh, be playing a fucking computer game at that point. And you've known me... You've known for many years now what kind of GM I am and how I run my games. I'm one of those GMs who actually believes in role playing. I'm going to start using my sarcastic shit here. Not roll l r o l l or l o l playing. And and as such, that means players. I should be reading this differently. I am one of those GMs who actually believes in role playing with an e, not role playing with two L's. And as such, that means players are not always going to encounter things that leaves one in their comfort zone, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry, since you made your discomfort known to me and since I can't be sure what will make you uncomfortable, I will hold back and censor myself when it comes to running you and your characters just to make sure that I don't do anything that you find uncomfortable. Just remember, it was your idea. <laughs> so, oh my I, god, this guy is such a fucking ass. I'd really like to know what he does to make the male characters feel uncomfortable. Isn't that an interesting question, Tappy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to know because that's his role playing style, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, he pushes boundaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but in, in that way that that is, it makes for a whole incomplete story. Right. Oh, oh my god. He I want to like fucking every crappy like community <laughs> theater director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to push you past your comfort zone. <laughs> like, Feel the, the character. Be challenged by their experiences. I'm like, oh fucking god. This is a good. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Like yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm holding the football. Come on. All right. Finish the email before I lose my shit. I would. <laughs> I was planning to leave the group later after we got to play one uh, more sessions of D&D with a different GM, but this made me quit today. Good move. Good. Yes. Uh, it's not... It, it's it's like the only thing in his GM toolbox is I know what's best for, for you, so be grateful. No apologies, no desire to discuss things further. Just a threat of a bland role-playing session. He has no desire to, quote-unquote, stretch his own role-playing skills beyond making a, the players uncomfortable. Well, it sounds like he's really good at harassing women. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I'll bet, like your point a minute ago, I'll bet you the thing he does to make the male characters uncomfortable is victimize the women in their backstories and in their in their world. Oh, oh yeah. Well, probably, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Or the other women at the table. Yeah. yeah. Right. That would make me feel very uncomfortable. Right. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> There's a game store a short drive from my house that has open tables. I'll find out if there are any regular groups with an opening and start fresh as a player. Yes. Here, here. Yeah. Uh, s- see if I can find... You know what? Take some time. Mm-hmm. Don't jump right back into a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you need some time for your... You need some you time. Mm-hmm. You know, Get comfortable with yourself again. You need a palate cleanser, too, maybe. <laughs> he's going to jump into the next uh, thing, yeah. and he's going to think it's awesome, and then the next thing you go, why, what am I doing? What, what, why am I playing riffs? Maybe, <laughs> maybe just binge-watch some What We Do in the Shadows, maybe some She-Ra. <laughs> yeah. 
She was fucking rad. <laughs> um, Dragon Prince. The Dragon Prince. Sorry, I'm really into the Netflix cartoon right now. All right, um, continue. See, see if I can find my own strengths and weaknesses before I consider getting behind the screen. Thank you, thanks, thank you to all the Happy Jacks crew, including the people on the forums and my other friends for helping me. Uh, leaving the group after being part of it for over 15 years was tough, tough but ultimately I'm better for it. Allerband. Congratulations on making yeah. the right decision. Oh and uh, fuck that guy. What a douchebag. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, having, like, yes, like, I like pushing, like, the boundaries of my players, but it's absolutely vital that it's in a way that they feel comfortable. Yes. And if any player ever came to me and was like, hey, this is making me feel uncomfortable, I'd be like, I am so sorry. That was not my intention. Like, like what other things can we put on the table to make it so that doesn't happen again? That will never happen again. The fact that it was like, fuck you, you're lucky to have me mm-hmm. and you know that I'm like this and you, you know, you're I just, oh man. No apologies. Yeah. But I would, okay. I am going to ask like one more email from you, my friends. <laughs> I would like you, just like my super feminist request here, reflect on, you've been ga- you've been gaming with this guy for 15 years. What maybe didn't you notice before when you were playing male characters or other types of characters Ooh, that you that were was suddenly right. thrown into contrast when you just when you were playing a female character because he said he did it to his wife right and right. his wife is very but he's also been playing with him for 15 years yeah. and this has never happened before so what but about I think this is the first time yeah this is the first time we played a, played female, a female character, character. yes so <laughs> what about that threw something into contrast because I'm super glad that you noticed that he was treating women that way because that's not okay but like what about that I'm like I'm really interested to hear like that flip kind of observation so. Or in reflection, does he find that there was a, he, that he was a, sort of a player abuser the whole time, and he just never noticed it? Right. And maybe because of the severity or something. Right. Or like, was he targeting different things? Like Tappy suggested with the male characters. Is it more like your mentor got you know? Like, how did he like? Because he says he likes to push buttons. Like, how did he push the, the buttons? Might just of these be male a very misogynistic like twist Absolutely. on how he pushes buttons. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Don't read the chat. Oh God. <laughs> Okay. He he means it facetiously. Oh no no yeah. I know you. I know you. You're fine. Should we we tell the listeners what he said? Yeah, he says, "Well, women are weaker, you know, minus one to strength." (laughs) (laughs) I feel your sarcasm. I feel your sarcasm aimed at me, and I take it in the the way it's meant. We're friends. We're chat friends. We got it. Uh, I, okay. I will say one of the um, the way that a lot of the uh, like safety tool whatever conversations are framed nowadays, especially in the beginning when you just want to like bring up the topic, yeah. it's less about um, going in and saying like, oh, what if we hit uncomfortable topics, mm-hmm. and it's more about, hey, why don't we just start with something on the positive foot? Like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. We're playing this game, and we're doing it because we all want to have a good time, yeah. right? So we're here to have fun, right? And we're prioritizing ourselves above the game mm-hmm. and that's a difficult thing to say to somebody who's spent a shit ton of hours preparing a game yeah. or somebody who's going to a king convention and has played a ton of money to go to a hotel and get in there and paying per game for example at gen con or right. whatever mm-hmm. and now i'm telling wow. them hey we're prioritizing everyone at this table people you may not even know I yeah. mean, in this case they knew them but people you may not know above the game mm-hmm. and but that's that's the way the safety conversation kind of starts yeah. is saying like you know what that's going to be the priority mm-hmm. and then we're going to go from there mm-hmm. right and 
you know, one of the uh, actually there was a podcast I was listening to um, just this week, which was on Misdirected Mark, oh, yeah. which I know friends of the show kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, they have an episode called Home Safety. So they've had lots of episodes about safety tools and whatever, but this one was specifically, hey, I'm playing with a home group like for decades or mm-hmm. whatever. Why would I need to use safety tools? Like, there right? you go. We're here. Here you go. But like a lot of times, that what people will, even if not an extreme situation like this, yeah. people will say, you know, hey, I, I know my friends. We know each other's lines, and we know, you know, what kind of things to cross and not cross. And you know, I know I can make maybe these kind of jokes because they're cool with it or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And so, you know, even in that context, like, there's a lot to be covered around, right. you know. What, what safety tools would bring into the table, right? Sometimes people just have a bad day too, right? Yeah. So it's not like I might know all of you guys and mm-hmm. play with you all the time, but if you came home and you just start maybe this week, you know, you had a really shitty situation at work and somebody's yelling at you and now I'm pretending to be my your boss mm-hmm. yelling at you, and that, that might just be really shitty and you're not into it, yeah. right? So like... That 100% happened to me actually at a con game. Um, and I've told this story before, but I don't know yes. if I've told this story in a long time. Um, I was... Uh, I had a horrible day at work, um, and uh, I actually there was a traffic accident with a student at my school, and I went with her to the hospital, and her mother was hit, and she was hit too, but her mother passed away in the hospital while we were there. Um, it was a heavy day at work, <laughs> and I went to the con a few days later, and I was playing with Bill, who's gamed with me for years and right. knows me well, like one of my good friends, um, and. And in the story, there was a mom who died, and she was like sending a letter to her daughter, and I lost it. And it's the like I just started sobbing with like this table of like Bill and Mary and people I knew who like knew me well, knew my boundaries, but they just didn't really realize that boundary because I hadn't really talked to people about it. Right. Well, it was a brand new boundary. It was a brand new boundary mm-hmm. that I hadn't even reflected on. I was like, oh, I'll go to the con. I won't think anything about it. I lost my shit. I started sobbing, and I ran out of the room. Like it was very dramatic. Um, but like this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is somebody who's yeah. there and cares about and you. Knows me wants so to well. Prote- yeah. Yeah. Totally. So like, there can be things that you don't even know how you're going to react, or you don't know are going to come in a game. So like, safety tools are really important, even if you're gaming with people who know you so well that are your best friends that have best of intentions. Um, and I think yeah. what saves you in that case is that people have those best intentions, which it sounds yeah. like we're not. We're not, no, not, here. We're here. not dealing with But that. like the safety tool itself is just a tool to help facilitate that. In the end, even when your safety tool fails you mm-hmm. or you know, you're not able to use it in the way provided, mm-hmm. like you still have those friends who are looking out for you. Yeah. And I think that's the most important part is that conversation. Absolutely. Like I played a game with a, a friend of mine who who has been in this, the armed services, wrote a game about civilians in war. That was the game we were playing. Mm-hmm. We were playing civilians, like, you know, kind of yeah. weak in war situation. Right. It's already a bad situation. And one of the, the players that we were playing with said, oh, you know, I want to do a dark thing in this scene. Is everyone, like, he gave us a heads up. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, safety tool-ish behavior, yeah. right? I'm going to do this dark thing. Is everybody kind of cool with that? Everyone was my friend who had been in the services and wrote this game mm-hmm. was the GM. He's like, "Yeah, bring it." Mm-hmm. And the first thing the guy does is kind of imply that he's got a gun on his lap and he's implying kind of like a suicide situation, right? And my friend who'd written this game yeah. just like noped out, turned off yeah. the camera, and just jumped off the call yeah. because yeah. that was a triggering oh, event God. for him, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. And so you know, like they got back on the call like five minutes later, you know, and you know we we checked in and did all that stuff. 
And, you know, we know safety tools. I was in a community where safety yeah. tools was front and center. But, like, sometimes you just can't yeah. do that thing. Like, yeah. it's so visceral. Yeah. That, but the main thing is we were there to support, you know, our friend, and that's it, right? Right. So... Yeah. Sorry, you don't yeah. have that here. No, so yeah, yeah. Um, I also suggest um, you're on the forums. Like, check out the forums in Discord because I know there's online games who, that kind of organize there quite often, even if they're just played by post games. Mm-hmm. Um, so check there, but definitely go to your local gaming store. Yeah. There, uh, yes. there is suggestions. One thing I, c- I, I want to sort of touch on in this mm-hmm. is that there are games that are specifically for this, mm-hmm. and when you're not playing a game that's specifically for this. I think the default should probably be that it's not it, and talk about if yeah. you want to bring it in. Yeah. Right. There are games like uh, Velvet Glove, yes. uh, which is very... Um, it, it touches on a lot of like very difficult things. It's set in the 70s, uh, young women of color like being in a girl gang. And that's another one where you can die real easy. Um, Bluebeard's Bride, another yeah. example. Like Some of these are built to explore these kind of dynamics, yeah. right? And so it's I'm not saying that it isn't something that is necessarily intrinsically bad, mm-hmm. but that's also not fun for ninety nine percent of the games. Yeah. But the main thing is you're going in knowing that right. you signed up for this thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So it if it absolutely is not the default for anything except games that mm-hmm. are supposed to be for that. Yeah. Is, is kind of what I'm saying here. Um, and it. I don't know. Somebody should say something in the beginning. It's like, hey, I really want to touch on these themes. Mm-hmm. Um, Lines and veils, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there's tools for exactly that that you can put into any game. So yeah. oh, I did it in the Call of Cthulhu game where I wrote a whole thing out, and we had a lot of players opt out before yeah. the game started. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I specifically said because my game, Autumn People, is set in it started in 1912, mm-hmm. and I was like, there is going to be no overt sexism in this mm-hmm. game because. I don't care about that. You yeah. guys are fucking badasses going to do supernatural shit. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no overt uh, racism because mm-hmm. I don't care about that. Yeah. I don't, and I don't care if that is realistic or not. I just, I don't want to deal with this it. I want to I I spend all of my time being awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I heard about a new safety tool tool this uh, week. Oh, Let me just, I got one little preachy thing yeah, first. Go, go. Oh, no, go ahead. Go first and then I'll do my preachy. Okay, just because we were talking about, and I'm sure <clears throat> Thomas have probably heard about this. Okay, I might Maybe. have the wrong name. We were a little drunk when we were starting about it. <laughs> but it's... Okay, we're going to laugh at it, start. but it's a good one. It's called the O card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to laugh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, it's... O. O. So go, 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 go on. on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, it needs a better name. But it stands for the okay, okay and it's oh. like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I was disappointed when I heard two. But I was like, there's a card for that? There's, it's one extra letter. Yeah. <laughs> it can just be the OK card. I, I don't know if it's actually for that. But it's, it's like one more letter. It's like a checking card that's kind of like the flip side to the X card. Instead of It's like a keep going card. Yeah, like okay. you t- like the GM will touch it or whoever's running the team touches it, everybody touches the O card to, to signal that they're okay with continuing. Oh, okay. So rather than you touching it when you're like cuz people are sometimes afraid to opt out. So yes. so instead of you're, it's more of an opting in, and if you just don't touch it, then you're like, ah, oh, like that's the signal to move you're away. You're saying from you're it. excited about the thing happening, yeah. and people can take it another step further yeah. if they'd like, right? It's just, and it's yeah. the same as like it's just seeing on people's faces that they're excited about a thing, right? I've seen another <laughs> another way that people do this is um, 
instead of like uh, like clapping or making kind of distracting sounds because uh, you know like if you're interacting with another character and I'm like oh this is so cool I love this drama mm-hmm. and I'm going to show you that it's cool instead of me saying something or distracting you guys that p- some people do this kind of like quiet snapping right. oh, like the where it's kind of stuff. like okay. yeah so you're kind of like clapping mm-hmm. for like yes 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 more of that shit yeah. right um, he looks so dubious right now. On one He's hand, very disappointed that it's about the Ostens. No, no, no. <laughs> on one hand, for me, if people are touching a thing, I'm going to look right at it. Yeah. What's going on goes right out of my mind. Yeah. And I would I would find that very distracting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could yeah, on, I could, could kind of see that. Yeah. On the other hand, in in Ten Rubancho Zero, that's how you get experience by people oh. saying this is fucking awesome, oh. right? And they they basically right. do. Oh, the that's same actually thing. a game mechanic yes. that's built into it, okay. right? And so it does encourage people to kind of let loose a little bit more, get a little bit more into like trying to be uh, dynamic or trying to be more, um, you know, like uh, putting themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. I think we do, we do this a lot in um, online games. So, you know, I've been playing uh, quite a bit more online games than I used to in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, w- that we've been encouraged to do, and uh, you see this nowadays, is like in the little windows where you see the other players, like trying to show that you're into the scene, even if you're not in the scene, mm-hmm. right? So like if the, you know, two people are interacting and I'm just like, yeah, or like, you know, mm-hmm. doing those symbols, <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. it just, it, it kind of inspires the other players to be like, oh, okay, this is cool, mm-hmm. like, people are into yeah. it, and it's the same kind yeah. of concept. I feel like we need to rename it, though, so, like, maybe Because I the, think it's the orgasm card. Maybe, maybe it's the, <laughs> the go card, so you can call it, like, the G-spots, or... <laughs> yeah, just put a G on the table, and just yeah. everyone just touch the G-spot <laughs> when it's yeah, getting better, getting better. <laughs> it doesn't make it any better, but it's also funny. How about we call it the glands penis card? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm touching that. No, I'm going to touch that. I'm sorry. Right, no, let, let me preach a little bit. Okay. He says something here, and I, I got to talk. Amen, Stu. Uh, see if I can find my own strengths and weaknesses before I consider getting behind the screen. I just want to let you know something. There is not one person I have ever met in my entire life, except maybe for the, the jackass that you were playing this game with, who the first time they GM'd felt they were prepared to GM. Seriously, right? Or, or yeah. the last time that right. I played it. That's the, right. The very, the very first time that you pick up a gaming book and you say, I want to try to run this, you go into it right off the bat thinking, I'm way over my head. I'm not. What am I doing right now? I mean, that's, that, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's what's going on in everyone's head, the, especially the first time you jam. So take the leap, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just take the leap. Yeah. You, it, will be, it will be terrifying and fantastic. It, it may not be perfect. But you know what? You will have done it. You've got experience under your belt. You have maybe have made some mistakes you're going to learn from and maybe not repeat again. You might write in a good letter afterwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or someone of your ah. players might write in a good letter afterwards. They won't. They'll be fine. You'll no, be they won't. fantastic. Just don't tell them about the show. Until you get better. But seriously, if you wait until you feel like you're perfectly prepared to GM... You're gonna be waiting forever. Yeah. Just yep. jump in and do it. So yeah. I got two fun stories that about way, that. And that way, you can be the kind of GM that won't do what this guy did yes. and show players, hey, look, you don't have to be a douchebag to be a GM. <laughs> Another way. <laughs> Amen, Steve. So uh, go ahead. Um, I'm a, I'm backing Sue up here with one story uh, that is kind of like apocryphal. I don't know if this actually happened, but it, supposedly a teacher had a pottery class mm-hmm. and he broke it in the half, and he told one half of the uh, 
uh, class, you got to make me 50 pots. Mm-hmm. That is how you get an A. If you make 40 pots, you get a B, 30, you get a C. And then the other half is you make one pot, and how good it is determines like what your grade is. And without fail, every single person who made 50 pots did better than anybody who made one perf- tried to do one perfect pot. Oh, absolutely. Because you're you're trying, you're failing, you're learning, you you figure out what you like, and you're just going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. S- sitting down and staring at a thing, saying, "What would I do when my players do X?" Mm-hmm. is is not going to make you a better GM. No. Um, the other thing is my favorite. One of my favorite quotes from Neil Gaiman is somebody asked me or asked him, "How do I become a writer?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Declare yourself a writer." Write every day. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Yeah. So declare yourself a GM. GM every week. <coughs> yep. And that's how you become a GM. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say one other thing. He was talking about finding new groups, mm-hmm. right, and going to the local game shop. Fantastic idea. Um, uh, one thing that I did a couple of years back is start a meetup. And you know, like that's one thing you can do, especially if there's certain <coughs> kind of games that you're into that the game store turns out maybe doesn't cover or whatever. Whether that's like in my case, I was into like all these indie hippie games, but like you know, there was <laughs> yeah, there there's um you know, if you're into vampire and they don't have vampire games, it's just D and D or something or whatever, right? Then uh, you know, starting little meetups and that are specific to what you want to do because you want to play the game that you want to play. That's the one you're going to be motivated to get better at and oh, keep yeah. running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, find a venue to do that. And yeah. there's a lot of online games now. Some you can find for free off of Roll Twenty or whatever. Some are communities that you might have to pay for. But that's another uh, great vector if you don't have a local <coughs> scene. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Like malaria. Yeah. <laughs> Good vectors. All right. And uh, uh, RPG Small Talk from the Uncommon Man. Who would like to read it? Do it. Uh, RPG Small Talk. Dear inexorable sages, I think I have a question that hasn't blessed your ears before. Ooh. How do you handle small talk when you meet other gamers? <laughs> uh, a while back, I attended a family dinner. I'm usually the nerdy one, but I discovered that my jock cousin muscular dudes with hair from shampoo commercials <laughs> had started to play Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. Awesome. Uh, and, and he hadn't started just recently. They had played for over a year. My first reaction was a warm feeling at the bottom of my heart. Mm-hmm. I love tabletop RPGs and I think it's the best pastime there is. If more people played it, the world would be a better place. But then, but then dear sirs and ladies, I noticed my cousin's facial expression. My cousin usually a suave cat. He's popular, charismatic, and know how to talk in italics. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you broke soon. That's funny. <laughs> and he knows how to talk in italics. <laughs> <laughs> but now he looked goofy in a bad way. Oh, you discovered his nerd. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He opened his mouth and started to tell me about the one. T- oh, let me tell you about my characters. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one time the druid of his party used wild shape to transform into a crocodile for hilarious reasons. Mm-hmm. He talked quickly and too loudly, but I didn't really listen. My pulse was raising. I was holding my breath and I was just waiting for a gap in his monologue to instead to instead tell <laughs> my story of when our druid <coughs> used wild shape to transform into a chicken for hilarious reasons. <laughs> Even one that was more of a dinosaur than the crocodile. Right. Uh, 
I saw an opening and fired away. But I didn't get to finish my tale before my cousin forced himself back into the spotlight. Tell about the time his rogue had sneaked away from the party to do something stupid. No problems, I'd several rogue stories that had a flavor as well. This happens every time I meet a new gamer in my life. We start to sling personal stories from our tables, vivid and real, but not really fun to listen to if you weren't there. So please tell me, what shall I do when I meet new players? What shall I talk about? I don't know how to answer this, but I gotta tell you a story about one of the early game cons when, when we start after we started the podcast. It was when I was I had I just done done the like the first draft of Moment of Truth, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and I was sitting there like going through like editing or something like that, and I was sitting at a gaming table, and it was near the open gaming area. This is when it was still the Sheridan, I think. And two guys sat down. Um, one of them is a listener. I can't remember his name. And he was a big Pathfinder guy. Mm-hmm. The other guy was a guy who used to work fair. Silver-haired guy, real nice. Yeah. Um, I think he, I can't, can't remember his name. But he was a big 3.5 guy. Mm-hmm. And they sat down, and they were asking me about the game, and I was kind of explaining the mechanics to it and stuff. And the conversation kind of wandered, and the two of them kind of started trading stories, and they're little anecdotes about things that happened in their game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and while they're not playing the exact same game, it's it's Portuguese and Spanish. It's not you know English and Japanese. Yeah. Okay. So the the stories translate because they're st- still basically close to the same system, and they're basically telling these stories about how well we had this one we had this one mage who who made, cast this combination of spells that had this effect, and this went on for like an hour and a half, and I was fucking fascinated by every <laughs> one of these stories, and it wasn't. Here's, here, I, I, I seriously was because these guys were so entrenched into their game system that they'd mastered it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's almost like watching like someone who likes board games and then a chess master. Mm-hmm. It's like mm, this is no, I know this shit better mm-hmm. than anyone on the planet. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it was it was fascinating to watch. The stories were funny. Mm-hmm. Because it always it was these weird unintended consequences and things, and, and I mean like like um, creative uses of a, a portable hole, things like that, <laughs> stuff, like, things like that happen. Yeah. and that's old school shit, the, yeah, right? It sounds well, like your uh, stone to flesh, flesh to stone uh, story or whatever. No, forget it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I probably told it one time, but, <laughs> yeah. but I don't But it was fascinating listening to these guys, and they weren't telling. It wasn't. Like a one-upsmanship, mm-hmm. they were just trading, kind of trading war stories. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they weren't talking about their characters, though. They were most, for the most part, what they were talking about was what other players in their game were doing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that made it more interesting. Because mm-hmm. I mean, all three of us. I mean, I wasn't contributing to the conversation because I, I've never played D and D or three five or any of those things enough to be able to contribute in any meaningful way. But all of us were engaged in this in this conversation. This conversation lasted a long time. I, I think, especially in the nerd community, we're like a little rough around the edges when it comes to human like contact. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. Not necessarily. Well, because there's two ways to respond <coughs> to somebody when they're telling you a story. One is to react to their story and reference it. And the other way is to tell a story of your own to show that you sympathize or understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people who play D&D, etc. The other way is to this. listen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, 
the first choice, like to listen and right. respond. But uh, a, a lot of people in the who playing D and D or playing role playing games oftentimes want to say, "Oh yeah, I had something like that." Right. Sure. Um, and now people like me, if I don't like repeat it in my head over and over and over, I'll just fucking forget it. And then we're like, "Oh, I had a story, but I, I don't know right. what it is." Um, but figuring out how to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like <coughs> tell your story immediately might be a way to to deal with it. I don't think it's necessarily bad to tell stories to show that you no. yeah. like sympathize Not with at somebody. All. Not at all. Um, but I think that's what this kind of turns into. Is like, oh, I had something like that, and then oh, I had something like that. I think what made this this particular instance very interesting is it it seemed to be very organic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like this happened. Oh no! Then then and they're trading stories back and forth, like they're taking turns or waiting for their turns. I mean, the conversation would meander, and then all of a sudden there would be like this spark of like, "Oh yeah, that reminds me." And then we had this situation, mm-hmm. and, da, 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 and this happened. Hmm. And I don't know, but I mean, I, the, I, I think I don't really have. I mean, apart from the show, I don't really have a lot of gaming conversations with people. I mean, occasionally passing by, but. But I probably have a lot more than most people do, actually, when I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's the thing. Like, people are like this no matter what their nerd hobby is. Oh, yeah. Like, when I get around other teachers, oh, man, we talk like this. We swap stories. Like, Mm, usually over alcohol. Yeah. I've never known a group that drinks more than teachers. (laughs) Right. I mean, like, when when I'm around horse people, like, (coughs) oh, man, horse people always have the story to, like, Every hobby does this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's even just something about gaming hobbies. I think gaming hobbies might have it a little bit more bottled up because it sounds like he's a little bit of a closet nerd. It sounds mm-hmm. like his gaming group is probably very small since he, you said he, you described him as like a jock and all these things. So it might be something that he doesn't get to just let his nerd flag fly very oh, that's, often. Yeah, that's that's so he's very excited yeah. that he's mm-hmm. like... Hey, you know my thing too. That's very exciting. I'm going to talk. Oh to my you god, I've got a year's worth of stories I've <laughs> yeah. never been able to tell anyone. <laughs> because it might be that the only people he plays with are the people in his group. Right. So yeah. he never gets to like. I mean, you, we all can. Do, hey, remember that time like yeah. a year ago? And you're like, yeah, we were there. Oh yeah. Right. So I don't know. I feel like there's a, probably a little bit of like the carbonated nerd that's like so excited to explode. Someone took sh- the bottle. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and share with someone who wasn't already there for all his stories. I wonder if, um, I, I mean, it sounds like you were just trying to one-up him. <laughs> like, that, of, that's yeah. the impression I got from here. But like, if somebody came up to me, like my brother, we used to play D&D when we were kids, mm-hmm. but he hasn't played RPGs in decades, and I know he looks down on me for doing it, Aww. right? Like, it's like, why are, adult, why are you playing this nerdy-ass kid hobby, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And so, you know, if he suddenly came to me and had gotten excited about it, like, on the one hand, I totally want to listen to him, because I'm like, oh, wow, I did not expect you to get back into this mm-hmm. shit. This is awesome. On the other hand, I kind of would want to educate <laughs> this person on the <laughs> fact that there is a concept, which is, let me tell you about my character, yes. right. and how boring it is to listen to people talk about that stuff. And you're educating <laughs> them. It's not like you're saying you're telling me a boring-ass story. You're saying, oh, what you're doing is very similar to this concept where people tell each other boring-ass stories. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
and then from there you can just kind of see where you go. That's why I named my first my first collection of music. Let me tell you about my yeah. character. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes there's some really good well, stories. But, but this is the thing. Like, if the story is boring, and I don't know if I got that impression here. Just again, it sounded like that one-upmanship. It almost thing. sounds like they weren't yeah. listening. But if that story was boring, because that's happened to me. I've been at a con and somebody be yeah. like, "Oh, I just came out of this game," and then blah blah blah, and I'm like, <laughs> "I could give a fucking shit. I just came out of the game too. I don't need to hear or talk about my story." You know, um, but sometimes what I want to hear is what makes them excited about that, like in a succinct way, of course. So sometimes that question is, hold on, what was the most interesting thing about that game? Or Mm -hmm. what did you do with your character that you've never done before? Mm -hmm. Or something that gives them like something to answer? That's very specific and leading instead of just rambling on about some well, four-hour game. That actually, that actually, just solidified what we've been trying to do with the con um, hmm. shows. Yeah, which have basically just been a retelling of the things and trying to turn it into exactly that. Yeah. What 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 really good thing happened, or what what lesson did you learn, or what. Um, what would you have changed about it? As a listener, let me tell you how much we fucking appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hurting cats, I'm going to tell you that. Because <laughs> everybody wants to get up there and like and recap d- the, the whole thing. game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we might be focusing on the wrong thing right now, which is like what so, how, how he should uh, like talk to his cousin, because his cousin is doing it. Right. I think he's saying that he himself is also doing yeah. it. Talks too much. He he, mm. he could just have stopped and listened to his cousin, but he says, uh, like he talks about his rogue. Oh no problem. I got a ton of rogue stories. Mm. Like right. like for yourself. Like just kind of slow your roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and it might work out fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, um, this is something that I tried. So it was just about a year ago because mm-hmm. Big Bad Con's coming around the corner. Mm. And it was last year at Big Bad Con, I got to meet a bunch of people I'd only gamed with online, you know, mm-hmm. close friends and all this stuff, and see old friends. And at the end of the con, there was about five of us. We went out drinking. It was Sunday night. And we were all so hype about all these games we played all weekend. And not just the games, but different experiences and hanging out with people late at night and talking about game design and all that bullshit, right? And we're all there, you know, eating and drinking at some bar. And we want to share all this shit. But, like, any one of us could have sat there and talked for half an hour straight. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. mm-hmm. So what we did is we used some game mechanics <laughs> to do that. I mean, you, you're, you're fucking gamers. You're gamers. You're asking, how do we do this with players, right? You right. guys play games, right? <laughs> so give them a game to play. Our game was, we're going to go around the table and each say a little vignette, like a couple sentences about a thing that we liked about the weekend. And we went and did that. And we were going to keep doing it until somebody says, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And when they say they're done, everyone gets one last chance. Mm-hmm. Ah. So that way, that way there's like an epilogue. And then we're over. Nice. Right. And that's what we did. Yeah. And we did it for like a fucking hour. Fucking and everyone years. was hyped. <laughs> Dude, we were shedding awesome. tears about yeah. stuff. Like it was so good. It was cathartic. But at some point, someone's going to be tired and say, uh-huh. you know what, guys, I'm done. Yeah. Everyone gets to say one last shit. Yeah. And we're done. Okay. Right. And it was great. That's awesome. Gamify it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you remember my douchebag story way back in season one? Like we're that oh yeah. the, the oh. fourth edition yeah. you're we're play, I'm playing fourth edition and the guy's like just out of the blue decided to like shit on your parade yeah, yeah. yes yeah. and so that's 
again, that's like the kind of thing you. That's a sort of one-upsmanship. It's right. like, oh, blah 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 blah, or I would do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, just call him a fucking douchebag. <laughs> like straight up, because I, I I may have been drinking when I said. <laughs> Well, then you're a douchebag. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, your cousin is sort of a permanent fixture in your Well, don't circle. do that your cousin. Especially if your cousin's, you know, like a big dog. football player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's the other thing. It's like, take a break. It's very exciting that you've discovered this about each other. But, like, you also have forever, because your family, to, like, talk about this gaming stuff. So you might have eight rogue stories. Take a breath. Be an adult. Be like, you know what? I've got... Eight other family events coming up in the next six months. I'm going to share one at each one of these events. There you go. Pace it out. Pace That's it out. Great. Plan mm-hmm. it out. Show like because there's a little bit of competition happening here. I get it. Mm-hmm. In the long run, you actually have more stories, and you don't need to throw them all out at one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. conserve that. Yeah. Yeah. Count your bullets. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it. Uh, right. My hey, thank you for joining us. Yeah, oh yeah, super good. It was an honor and a pleasure. Yes. And come back anytime. Yeah, Thanks. all the time. This is my theme. I don't know. Ah, it is. Yeah. I'm only bummed it's not the old. Oh, can't use the old theme anymore. Thank you for joining us for Season 25, Episode 7 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Tappy. And Tones. And thank you, and we will see you next week. And after that, we'll leave you with a song. That red should be, tis not fit, that in competition in competition who can drink more, who can drink more, drink Drink more than he. Make a new world. Make a new world. Make a new world. Make a new world.
make God knows but while I knew The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum,